ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls, goddesses. Have you ever thought to yourself, ooh, I would love to do that. Maybe it's, I would love to adopt a child from another country. I would love to write a book. I would love to end up being in Congress and really make a difference in whatever country you're in. I would love to have a house full of children. I would love to meet the love of my life. I would love, I would love, I would love. And then your brain immediately tells you, but we can't do that. You can't do that. You can't adopt a child because you're a single woman and that's not done. Or you can't get into Congress because no one would vote for you or whatever are the things that come across your mind. The woman I'm going to introduce you to blows all barriers and all of that out of the water so that after you listen to this episode, you will never have any excuse ever again to say that it is not possible. And what you are going to be blown away with, because I'm sitting here actually for the very first time at my dining room table, (laughs) interviewing this incredible woman who happens to be a neighbor, and I didn't even know it until this moment, is as I am listening to her, I am feeling into the depths of my own heart and my own soul. And what is it that I have told myself that I am not capable of doing, but that I am? Just like when I thought I wasn't capable of having a child at 45. And then I did, right? Like when my mom was 30, she was told she was too old and he's so cute. She just met him. Adorable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, I love her already. She's jumping in with how cute (laughs) Shay is. So, you know, she's like on my, but let me stop you. First of all, she, this, the host of this program is totally adorable. Um, (laughs) That's me. But you know, you, you can do it all. You just can't do it all at the same time. You, and you can't do it all with expectations that it's all going to work. You, you need a very, really, you need a very long fuse. I am, I'm kind of black belt at accepting what happens and what doesn't happen. And it doesn't work all the time. Mm. Um, But you can do it all. And I say to my kids all the time, you can't do it if you can't win, if you're not prepared to lose, Mm. if you're not prepared to get on the playing field. So I have, and I've been rejected a lot. Yes. So that's part of it, you know, and (laughs) you're going to love this. All right. We're already diving in, but I have to tell you. So this is Marjorie Margolis. She's sitting in my living room and she covered a story as a single woman on Korean orphans and was so moved by the experience that she adopted her first child, Lee Hay, from Korea. Fast forward now, she has 11 children in some of the most incredible, unusual ways to create a family. So we're going to talk all about that and motherhood. Her most recent book, her fifth book, and how are the children I devoured the majority of on a three-hour flight. And so we're going to 
dive into all aspects of this story and for you to feel into your own ways of mothering, which don't even have to be with a child. She's the president of Women's Campaign International. She has been a journalist from TV stations here in Philadelphia to being on the Today Show, a journalist with NBC, beyond, beyond, beyond. There's so many credits I could tell you, but she told me don't read the whole thing. So I won't. (laughs) I will tell you that in 1992, she was the first woman ever elected to Congress from Pennsylvania in her own right. And she's going to tell us more about what that means. She is a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, my graduate school, and she was a presidential appointee to the Vietnam Education Fund, which focuses on scientific education and exchange between United States and Vietnam. And she's just a really cool chick. And she thinks my son is cute. So that makes her awesome. You should see those cheeks. Uh, They do. Believe me, I pop a picture of him (laughs) on the social media like every day. He doesn't like not being with us. (laughs) No, he was very unhappy to be taken (laughs) back to his room where he's like having lunch and going to go have his nap. Okay, so Marjorie, this is so fun. I didn't expect you were going to be in my living room. It turns out you live right around the corner. And in the interest of full disclosure... I'm such a Luddite, I couldn't figure out how to put it together. And I said to your adorable husband, everybody needs a Josh. Um, (laughs) um, Let me just walk over. So that's what I did. I love it. And I think you went grocery shopping on the way or something. I did. (laughs) Perfect. Did we put it in the fridge? (laughs) No. No. I I ordered it and I'm going to walk back and get it. Oh, my gosh. That's even more perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So perfect. Okay. So I devoured this book on the plane knowing that we were going to have our interview, but I couldn't put it down. I had other work to do. I'm getting ready for International Women's Day for the Women's I Day know, event. Oh, that sounds so exciting. It's so exciting. I mean, so 25 speakers, 12 hours, all that is coming up, but I couldn't put your book down because beginning with you being a single woman, adopting, wanting to adopt a child and reading through that you were told time and time again that only couples could adopt to now 11 and, children. But also, I mean- uh, at that time, and it was it was correct. At that time, they were trying to put African American kids um, in African American homes, mm-hmm. and they weren't going to put them in a sing- uh, certainly in a single home. So I was I couldn't do it here, I, and I was really uh, dissuaded. Mm. But I was doing these stories on um, there. There is a community here, a fairly large community. It used to be. It's very different now, um, where Korean kids. So I, I was going, I was covering these uh, picnics and I'm thinking, well, I could do that. Mm. My parents thought I was certifiable. Right. I mean, my parents <laughs> thought I was nuts, but I did. And it, it was a little bit more complicated than that, but I, I was, I, I was doing some international stuff and I decided, well, maybe I could, I also knew that, um, that I was willing to take an older child. Lehi was mm. seven when mm. I adopted mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And that is, you know, taking on quote unquote a lot because you don't know, what their history is. Right. It's a gamble. Yeah. But yeah. And you did it not once. Did it twice. <laughs> I did it twice for a lot of reasons, but Lee Haig was really easy. Um, and uh, fast forward, she is married, has three kids, everything like that. Went to Brown. She's um, just a really easy kid. Mm. And then I figured oh, I could do this again, but it was f- for complicated reasons. I, I was doing some, I was doing actually just some stories um, and asked if I could follow up with the orphanages in Vietnam. Mm. And, and so my second child was from Vietnam. She mm-hmm. was half Vietnamese, half American. Mm. She came when she was six. Mm. Um, she smoked. At she, six? Yeah. She was a pickpocket and she was really good. 
Um, and she was, so if, if you read the first book that I wrote called They Came to Stay, you think, oh, I'd love one of those. And then you read about Holly and you say, oh, maybe not. She was really challenging, mm. really challenging. Hilarious, but challenging. Went to Penn hmm. um, and um, had two kids, but kind of w- was just a rebel. Yeah, that's her personality and maybe her early years, but like... Oh, well, it was definitely, it, she was a survivor, yeah. for sure. You know, am I supposed to get married or pregnant first? <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> you know, he is a member of the same species. It's fine. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But here you were. This is really interesting. So it wasn't, you know, at that time, it was 1970. 1970. So... I don't know how many, you probably count on your hands how many women, single women, were adopting. Well, I was the first one to adopt a foreign child. So there weren't... In the United States? Yeah. Oh, goddess, I love you. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was really, but I had to jump through hoops. She came in as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one came in as a parolee. And I had to get a special Note a special passage, for, you know, something passed in Congress, mm. but um, yeah. Oh, just that. Yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get something special passed in Congress for me. Yeah, I had to get a special bill. Was it ever in your head? I can't do that. Sure, sure, but um, I, I was, I think I was just a bit stubborn, um, and I thought, well, let me, you know, let me keep on trying. Mm. I, I'd like to try to come to be as close to obnoxious as I possibly can and, and get it done. Oh my gosh, you are so my kind of woman. That's just it. The reason I started the episode the way I did is I see so many women, it's like we're afraid that we're going to be too obnoxious. Right. right? And like, let, let me tell you something else because you're going to be coming with us all over the world. What, what we do, we do these, uh, we go to, and we do trainings and mostly their communication trainings. We do financial literacy, we do, but we always come back to trainings for women, trainings where they walk into a room and try and get their point across. And one of the things that, and, and we're talking a huge percentage, women apologize mm. at a percentage, but more than that, they start their conversation with a, well, maybe I shouldn't be saying it now. Right. Maybe you're not ready for this. Maybe... And then you've totally marginalized what you're about to say completely. Yes. And it's really hard. And I, mean, I do. We all do it. Yeah. But we have to stop doing that. Not that what we have to say is so fabulous, but we've got to kind of respect the, the intellectual side. I don't even want to kind of throw up on that one, but I mean, <laughs> you, you, know what, you know what I'm well, saying. Well, it's respecting that, that you have something to say. Right. So in all of my spaces, all of my groups, all of my courses... I teach my women to say, say it, sister. That yeah, when a that's woman, great. Yeah. And so you come into my class, like I just taught a class before coming here. You see say it, sister in the chat back and forth because we haven't felt safe or we haven't been taught that it's okay to speak. Yeah. And there's nature and there's nurture to that. And there's, you know, hundreds of years of our mothers and our grandmothers and those that came before us not feeling like they could say what they had to say. And we are the generation. I feel like we are the ones who get to shift that. And whatever you hear is a precursor in your mind. Right. Just drop that and then go with the thing that you were going to say. But, and, and understand that it really still exists. Yeah. I came in 92 when I, when I won that strange seat because I came from 
you may you may guess I'm a Democrat. Um, <laughs> I came from a very Republican district. Mm. Yes. Oh, you I weren't mean, here? here? Here, right here. Wait, this was Republican? Oh my gosh. Well, no, no, no. On the other side of the river. I mean, it was Republican. Yes, this the the 13th district that I represented was 2.48 to one Republican registration. Yes, it's so changed now. Hmm. But that was 1992. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And um, when I was asked to run, I thought I was asked to run because they didn't want to leave the you know the space blank. Um, and I thought, you know, I always say to my kids, you can't win if you're not prepared to lose. Mm. And and. On on election night, I only went went in with a concession speech. So, um, so yeah. you really thought I'm losing this thing? Oh my gosh! And we <laughs> this is really never hard. happening. I mean, we worked hard and we got great coverage because of this, you know, this all these kids and everything like that. Right. So, well, and you had been a, a journalist at that point, right? Who you had been a journalist? Oh yes, right. So you knew all the news people. And you, oh yeah, I yeah. thought you said Andrew, who was my my youngest no, child. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, and I'm saying, how do you know that? Uh, yes. I had been a journalist, mm. um, so it was, but that's an interesting kind of place to go, because when I got in, I, you know, and I was asking all these questions and everything, I would sometimes assume that I knew where they were going, where the, where the questions were going, and I realized that's not true. Mm. I had to be very careful, mm. and, I, you know, sometimes I was less careful than I should be. <laughs> I know that doesn't, it's, yeah. Listen, well-behaved women. I, I Never know. make history and you, but sister. But in 1992, this conversation was still very much alive, and it's still alive today. Yeah. It is still alive today. We, we are so marginalized. And now with this incredible divide that exists in Congress, which is embarrassing and awful, and I, I mean... Say it, sister. Oh, it's terrible. Yes. And so, you know, so you think of where, where these guys are coming from, and they're protecting, they're... they're they're mirroring the nastiness of Trump. And, and I'm just shocked. Even worldwide, people will say to me, what's happening because they're trying to be diplomatic? And I'm, I, I'll say to them, it's not us. Yeah. It's not who we are. Yeah. But in, in numbers that are a little scary, a lot scary. I'm totally with you, sister. I mean, I was in France, in Paris, when Trump started to run the first time. It was like two years beforehand. He had just announced so it was all over the news, but it was like, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. I mean, it was like a joke. It's yeah, never going to happen. Of course, you know, of course people are going to put up with that crap. I mean, they're right. just, it's all. And I then we fast shocked. forward and yeah. here we are. Yeah. And we were, ju- we just spent a month in Paris uh, in September. Aww. I Listen, I'm did, not going to complain about my life. Did you bring the child? <laughs> well, the dog was going to watch the child, but then the dog wasn't <laughs> able to. Yes, this is. You know, the reason I know you're my kind of woman is like, I had so many people say to me, you're going to take a baby on a plane during the pandemic to Paris. And listen, we were safe. We were as safe as we could be and all of that. And yes, I am going to do that because we can, right? And it was like, as soon as the world opened. Although I, I, I'm one who, um, you know, I have all of these kids in every place. I, I really, really think that we have to respect what the medical folks are saying, even, oh, even if it's confusing, get vaccinated, get, you know, I went on a, um, a, a Xdel Codel to Sudan mm. at the end of the summer. Five of us were former members and mm. five were businessmen. Mm. It was in Sudan and, and, uh, we hadn't been boosted, but we, we 
all had vaccinations, everything, and six of us when we came back got COVID. Really? Yeah. And like I, still, yeah. I mean, so now we're not putting, this was before Omicron. Cases, well, yeah. not, we're not putting Shay on a plane anymore. Yeah. I'm, right. Because so, it's, uh, right. You just right. have to be. Right. At the time. I, I don't want to even sound that way. I no, mean, no, no, honestly, no. I understand. When, yeah. I mean, if, if, when, when my kids were growing up, if, um, if somebody. Down the street. Stepped on a nail, I would say, well, do me a favor, put it back in the toolbox. And if, can, <laughs> and if you can get yourself to the hospital, ask for a tetanus shot a tetanus shot <laughs> you're like but i'm i'm too busy with the other 10 kids and yeah, being in I mean, congress I, and I being a journalist i would get a call from the nurse's office and they would say uh, your son is here he's not feeling well and i said can you ask him his name and, <laughs> and, and i would hear this little kid who was a, totally adorable it's mark mom i told you i didn't feel well and the nurse would say he's projectile vomiting um <laughs> Yeah, because my kids, unless they were literally, I mean, come on, you'll be fine. Just go, not anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to be so careful. Yeah. It's a different, it's, it's a, a completely, di- completely, di- yeah. completely different world. And I want to hand it to all of the parents out there. Who, oh, it's so whole, like you were, <sighs> you were working, you were with your kids, you were homeschooling, you had to leave your job. It's actually no, the it's, major reason why I decided to launch the Women's Day event last year is, you know, the majority of the jobs that were lost during the pandemic were oh, women. Absolutely. Right. And women, yep. you know, in in many heterosexual two parent working households, it's the woman who ended up being home homeschooling. Yeah. And so it was took women we took a massive toll. They during didn't this. have a Josh. Well, I know, and everyone needs a Josh. Tell <laughs> everyone needs a Josh. Okay. So this book, the, I'm so captivated reading how you got all of your children. She walks in my house. We're like, listen, because we weren't expecting her. Josh tells her in advance, our house is a mess. She says, listen, I had 11 children. So like, oh, it's yeah, okay no, for your is, house to be a mess. Oh my God, this is perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. That's Josh a lie. Josh ran around. I was teaching my Dream Alive class and Josh probably ran around and like made oh, no, sure it's, everything. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So yeah. talk to us about your journey. Okay. Well, yeah. l- let me, let me, I'll give you the elevator speech. Please. Before I got married, I adopted two kids. One from Korea, one half Vietnamese, half American. Then I married somebody with kids. So when we got married, we had six girls, and they were really, and they're great. I mean, they're, they're, they've all, they were all very, luckily, very academic. So, mm. I mean, so they're all doing interesting things. Then we had two boys. Right. Um, Mark and Andrew. And then, because we had been asked, when we were in Washington, Ed had been a member of Congress, um, uh, we had been asked to take refugee families in, and we had. Um, we had taken three. Um, and one stayed for a short period of time, and then and then the uh, then the two stayed for like a year and a half, two years. When we got back, when we moved back here, uh, we got a call from Lutheran Family Services, and we said they said they had a, a woman, uh, a Vietnam from Vietnam, and a four year old little boy. Mm. Would we take them? And I said sure. Um, but within the year, she they, says it like, "Would you take?" This box of Cheerios. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Within the year, they called and they said there were two uh, nephews. Would, would we take the nephews? Mm. So we said, sure. But then within about four years, it was actually even more than that, they found his father in an, ref, in an education camp in Vietnam. Mm. So we had, they lived with us for 25 years. <sighs> but Vu... Such a doll. The first little boy. The the four-year-old, yes, is now an anesthesiologist. Aw. And he has three kids. Hmm. And he is, and in the book, which 
he's the first person after Hillary did the intro. Right. And the, the forward. That's Hillary and, Rodham Clinton, in case any of you are wondering. Right. She just says Hillary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Vu wrote something, and it was kind of in the middle of the book, and I said, no, this is where, no. the, where the book should start. Because we would try and take the kids on vacations. I'll never forget it. We were in, a, on, in Venezuela on a beach, and Vu looked at me, and he said, what would have happened had my folder been on a different desk that day? Mm. And I'm thinking that's our whole family. Yeah, it, that's one of it's so um, random. Yes. And uh, anyway, before it was in vogue to have you know before the TV show Modern Family, you created you were well, the modern. But, yeah. This was, and it was so interesting. His story is fascinating. Mother, and Vu, uh, four years old, and aunt and and also a son they are they are told that they have to swim from some kind of i don't know what the vessel was it was about 100 feet from the boat to the shore uh, mrs shu who is a, just a huge character i will tell this you this is vu's mom this is vu's mom um, said she wouldn't do it if they wouldn't give her a tire they found a tire and vu and mrs shu made it to shore the cousin drowned um, so it was, you know, the whole thing was just so emotional and sad. And but Vu is more than a survivor, yeah. and he's a right. Mrs. Shu was oh my gosh! I don't know if you've well, gotten to the point in the book. Mrs. Shu was just is um, just eccentric. Never learned how to speak English, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she believed <laughs> uh, that that gardenias. Grew and we we used to have gardenias the size you know like that size, but they needed acid. So Andrew, our, our littlest kid, every morning would get up and he would make a wee wee into the gardenia uh, in the gardenia plants. <laughs> and, and, then, and every now and then he, I mean, I would we would have a, you know a party or something, and I would look at Andrew and he was making a wee wee. He was peeing. <laughs> he was peeing in the ground. And I would go over to him and I'd say, sweetie, you can't do that when people are here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm telling you, acid and gardenia, she was such a character. Now we know. Anyone who's looking, how do I make my gardenias really full and beautiful? Uh, now you know, just go pee and you're good to go. Okay. <laughs> I love. And he probably loved it. That probably seems so fun as opposed well, to He like, didn't care. I mean, it was right. just, it, it, it was just one of the things that he did, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The opening was reading that opening from Vu. Was that? Took a, my breath away. You know, when he talks about that he was strapped to his mother's back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. swim and making it and that his cousin did not make yeah, it. And yeah. you think about this with life. So my grandparents are Holocaust survivors mm. and my great grandparents didn't make it. They died in a camp. Wow. And I think about this often the step after step after step that had to happen for me to be alive shows what a miracle it, it is. is. It is. I know. And every single one of us has a miracle story like that, whether we have Absolutely. We an had, experience we like Holocaust really, or yeah, Vu. Exactly. Sliding doors, each one of us truly is a miracle. You think about how many, you know, I had two miscarriages before I had my baby. Like it's a miracle to be alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So here's Vu. And his mom in your house. The best. The best. <laughs> Boo, I mean, I, uh, off the record, he's my favorite child. 
<laughs> off the record, since you're going around and talking on all the all the channels, I'm sure that's not the first time you've said that. <clears throat> no, he's so. He, no, he, he, I mean, I, I, I try to I, I try to even everything out. But and what did he call he, you? Because now he's got two moms. How does that work? You know something? It's really interesting. He he'll call and when he talks about me, he'll say uh, my American mother. Mm, mm, mm. But he calls me Marjorie. You know. Okay. Um, yeah. But he doesn't call me that. You know, I, 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 mean, I think you, you don't call people a lot of things because he will, he calls me on the on the phone when he gets when he's finished his shift at the hospital when he's he's an anesthesiologist and when he when he's driving home, I'd say maybe three out of the four days or five days he'll call me. What a sweetheart! Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, he's so he's just one of these. He's really just a doll, yeah. and he so appreciates. I mean, I would say it's gradated. I mean, some of the kids think, isn't this interesting? Thank you very much. And some of them have so moved on, which is fine. Have moved on. I mean, they just, they're, like they're, they're not interested in talking to mom every day. They're, well, they're also not interested in, um, in, in recalling the story. Mm, I mean, they I just, see what you're saying. They've, They've moved, and not in a nasty way. Yeah, no, no, no. They're just, just like now they're living their life. That's right. They're very yeah. private. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so it's unfair. I mean, if I called and said, uh, you know, we're, we have to do something, will you come on with me? They would say, absolutely. Yeah. But Vu is just... He wants the... But no, yeah, he's but happy Vu to share. Wa- well, also, he wants to kind of write editorials and mm. and talk because, you know, immigrants are, are getting such yeah. lousy the narrative for them is so negative and he's saying wait a minute you know yeah look, look at me look what happened to us yes <clears throat> you talk about that well in that first part right about the narrative about immigrants at this point and i look at myself i look at you i look at all of us we're all immigrants Absolutely. except for indigenous people we are all immigrants yeah. and if that sentiment and it was was there when my grandparents you know made it we wouldn't be here right. you know We've got to change this. America is supposed to be a land of opportunity yeah. and immigrants coming. And look at look at where your children are. I mean, this yeah, is I it's incredible. So one of the things that really touched me, I mean, a million things did in the book, was you broke down, you started talking about all the different ways of motherhood, right? Because you have this blended family. You're a stepmother, you're a birth mother, you're an adopted mother, you're, right? Sponsored, yeah. You're a sponsored mother, you're like every mother. And I'm a new mother. To the cutest kid. <laughs> Is he adorable? Yeah. And and I have a kind of motherhood that you didn't actually mention in there. Shay is the product of a donor egg. Ah. Because at 45, my I mean, I'm in I was in perimenopause and pregnant at the same time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Which is, you know, totally possible oh, these wow. days with all the technologies. So there are all these ways that we can have a family now that before, like I said, I'm the youngest. When my mom was 30 and she was pregnant with me, actually, I think she was 29, they said, Mrs. Rockind, you're too old. <laughs> you know, and here, my sister had a baby at 48. I had a baby at 45. Like, it's all possible, right? So How I would did love- your sister do it? She did donor it- Donor I No, she did it IVF, donor yeah. sperm. She's a single woman. Ah, okay. Single, right? So there are all these ways- Yeah, right, right, right. right. That we can- but and she had already done her eggs. I mean, she, that was a thing I hadn't done. She oh, did her okay. eggs and the whole thing. But also, there is no definition of what's a normal family Correct. these days. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah, and it's like everything is open to us. Isn't and that the cutest sound? It is. It, do you all hear Shay? 
<laughs> he's so cute. He's so cute. And it's great because we're in my dining but room. Normally I'm in talks. the basement. I mean, he's going to be the, he is, he's going to be taking over your program oh, in I just know. a matter of he, months. He, I, days. <laughs> I wanted him to show off for you. Oh, he this did. This is the thing. You probably need to give it me advice. Took, he, it took three seconds. <laughs> but I want, here he is. He's 18 months. Let me brag for a minute as a mom. He can count backwards from nine to zero. <laughs> Josh was really funny when I talked to him about one of my grandchildren who is who started at two and a half with uh, the Fibonacci wave. Yeah. And and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And, you know, and I and I hate when people I don't hate it. But, you know, when people get into their grandchildren, you think, oh, my gosh, you know, kind of I can feel their eyes rolling. Oh, yeah, I'm, my eyes aren't rolling. I'll hear all stories. (laughs) I'll hear all. But I do want to back. I want to talk about motherhood. Okay. Okay. It's cool. So. Do you notice, I mean, any difference? You, you're a stepmother. Love is love. Or what do you notice about the difference? Um, I don't think that there was, there's any way that one could have loved a child more mm. than when Lehi came into my life. Mm. So much of it is it, you sit around um, seeing this, especially now with the grandchildren, yeah. you see this kind of conglomeration of all of these people uh-huh. who make up a family and they're so nice. The The grandchildren are so adorable with one another. And you kind of say, well, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what it's so... They don't know any difference. They don't. Right? There are all these ways that we came together as a family. And when they're children, they're looking around and they don't notice yeah. any difference in, right, you're a human, you're a human, and, and yeah, it's right. just play. And Well, and also, I mean, I, I, later I will bore you. I could show you some pictures you please? of, um, you know, of when... The, the latest baby came and the other kids came to the ho- hospital and, and they've just, one of the kids is would, would not drop the hand of one of the older kids. I mean, it was just, they're so sweet to one another. How many grandkids do you have now? 21. 21? Yeah. Do you remember all their names? I, I try to. <laughs> I try to. Yeah, I, I do. It's incredible. Do. Isn't that funny? And, and the blending. So when they were growing up, though, and now you've got the four stepdaughters. Right. Yes, right. So your stepdaughters, and then you've got the two adopted, and then you've got the two bio, and then Vu comes in. And so was it like love at first? I mean, I I read about, but everybody hasn't read the book. Like, talk to us about how to even blend what that was like. That's an interesting question. I, it just happens. It did. Um, you know, it, and it has its peaks and troughs. And it's, oh my gosh, I can't believe he or she did that. Um, like any other yeah. children. I mean, I yeah. can't believe they're calling from the police station. My, <laughs> my, my most, my We've most, been there and done that in this household. <laughs> my most arrested child is Holly, was Holly. And, uh, you know, and she, yeah. I, I mean, interestingly, she, she went to Penn and um, we were driving around and she said, see, see that place? I mean, you can buy cocaine there. And you're never arrested, but you know it's it's where everybody knows how to. She went with a a, a um, I don't know what drug it was. It was either pot or I mean it was something ridiculous like that. She went with a group of kids. She was driving, and so and they passed her the money, and it, and it was a sting. <gasps> and, and she said, Ugh. so um, <clears throat> so and how old was she? Uh, she was like eighteen, mm. and um. She called the, uh, the woman whom she had been sharing a, a cell with, who was in <laughs> who would for, think you, yeah, who was in for murder. Mm. Um, 
called and she said, I was in with your daughter, Holly, last night. Because um, I, I didn't know. I mean, it was, she was living at Penn. Um, and I heard Holly go, love you, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Only Holly. Holly was just a scream. Um, and went down, picked her up, and it scared the crap out of her. And, you know. Yeah. So it was uh, one of those things. Yeah. It happens to everybody. And she really did learn a lesson. But, it, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a high price. She, she was just super good after that. She learned. She learned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all have to learn kind of in, <clears throat> yeah. in our own ways. Well, she was, so, she, she was just wild. Yeah. But she was really a wild kid. But I was saying, you know, I, one of the things I'm, as a new mom, I'm also a working mom, right? And I own my own business and I'm working to like change the world well, you for know women. You can't do and, it alone. I mean, you know, well, I mean, that's you just, have to, it's like, I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah, and here yeah. you had all these children, and you were a journalist traveling all over. Well, the, the, the range was quite extraordinary. The older kids were driving, you know, or they were mm. pretty careful. They were helping. They were helping with the juggle. Uh, we, we had a, a lot of people, you know, we had a rent-a-father for everything. You know, we, we had somebody who would drive the kids and take them to their games and everything. But it was, it was a challenge. See, everybody needs a rent-a-father. Yes, <laughs> Or a rent-a-mother. Yeah, a rent-a-something. Rent yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So when we can't, we can't do it alone. And you were saying early in the intro, we can't do it all at the same time. Right. Yeah, say more. I can tell you, for instance, we took, <laughs> we took the, um, the youngest kids, Mark Vu and Andrew, to Disney World. And, um, and one of the older girls, who was a stepchild, who was a doll. I mean, she's just fabulous. Evie, incredible kid had a party which was perfectly okay and it got out that and 200 kids were arrested um to this day i rarely go to a gathering where somebody doesn't walk over to me and say my my daughter was arrested at your house <laughs> went to that rager <laughs> yeah this is incredible and it was not it wasn't anything in a way right. they were they, they were released and you know when they had to that was what we had to kind of put up with yeah and we can look back on the narrative and smile but sometimes it was really oh my god really and we had a horrible house fire and and we were out for a year and a half i was running it's crazy i'm so sorry yeah you're running for congress at the time i was running for congress at the time lehay was getting married oh okay i highly highly recommend against <laughs> having a fire at the same time yeah i mean so <laughs> thank you we, for that recommendation to know, right <laughs> Don't have a fire, everybody. Right. When yeah. you're running for Congress yeah. and, and your daughter is getting married. But we, everybody stepped up to the plate. You know, yeah, it's just, it was, it was, you just do it. You exactly. Just, it just yeah. gets done. You just yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. And what about being that woman in Congress in 1992? That It was fascinating. It was the year the woman uh, wrote a book about <laughs> it with, with the new members of Congress, the, with the women. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was fascinating. I, I, I was shocked at how much we could do if we were willing to compromise, which mm. is not happening now. No. But at the time we were kind of given that, well, you know, that that's, that's healthcare choice, those kinds of things. You handle it, which we did. Uh, it was, uh, and I still keep in touch with some of the uh, mm. amazing women who, who came in in that class. Mm. Um, but it, it, it still is, I think an incredible challenge. I think we are taking it, in a much more hearty way, but it was a, it's a typical male, female thing. It's a typical, I think conservative, more liberal, um, open. The real problem is that 
that the sane center, the moderate middle, has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I, I just it's so heartbreaking. And then I, I was there with with Newt, and or as mm. Hillary says, you got to feel sorry for somebody whose mother <laughs> named him Newt. Uh, but it it was just it was awful. It was yeah. so negative, and it was so and. It's it's the part that I hated the most. I mean, mm. I think because it used to be that you would be able to go home, go to the playing field or have, you know, after an argument on the floor, you would go out and have a drink or something with that just doesn't happen anymore. Right. You could be with people on the opposing side of the aisle. Oh, and exactly. Everybody is still friends and they're I, still. Yeah. I went on one of the Exdels to Korea with some of the half, half of us were Democrats, half of us were Republicans. It was the most fun. It was mm. so incredible because we were out of the contentiousness. We were out. It was, a, and then I did another one in Sudan. I mean, just I did one in Sudan where one of the members who was joining us had to come late because he was at a Trump rally, mm. and I thought, oh my god, mm. I will never. I mean, oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I knew that I had to be pleasant. He was a doll. Mm. He was just great. You know, once we, you know, once, once I said to him, I don't think there are many issues that we're going to agree on, but let's talk about, and we just had a great time. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what's missing. It is. Cause underneath probably he was a parent or maybe he, you know, yeah, or yeah, had, yeah, yeah, right, there's yeah, children, yeah. nieces, nephews, whomever. So yeah, there's like the humanness it, that it, is a hundred percent missing from, from it's all just, of it. it and, and, but the meanness for me, I just can't believe yeah. that there are that many people out there who, who believe in the big lie. Yeah. I just, I, you know, and I, I looked at the, the January 6th thing. Oh, Actually, God, I can't. It was just, well, I'm sick enough to have wanted to be there. As a, as a journalist right. and a former member of Congress, I thought, oh, that would be interesting to be there. <laughs> this was made for me. Yeah, You're like, well, why am I not there? I'm right? sick. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get in my car. I mean, you have lived through so much and you live so much, right? You're like, you're, I love it. You are like my, okay, I don't even know how old you are. I'd have to look, but I'm around uh, my mom's in, age. In, Ju- I'm, in June, I'll be 80. 80? What I are we know. doing for your birthday? Oh, my kids are putting, well, I, Lee actually, I think, is, is renting a place in, uh, in the Hamptons, and we'll, we'll have, we're oh, gonna, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I, no idea. I do this exercise with my clients um, to plan their 80th birthday party. Okay. Right, so if they're 35 or they're 40, what do you want to be saying at your 80th birthday party? What's that toast going to say? And what do you want other people saying about you? Oh, God. Well, because I want them thinking like, I'm actually going to go live the life I want to live instead of getting to 80 and being like, shit, why didn't I do the thing I wanted to do? Or why didn't I yeah. adopt? Or why didn't I whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so here you are. And I'm like, this woman has lived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is. The Are there things you of, wish you had? Yeah. Are there things that you still want to do and you wish you had done? And you're. I mean, obviously, you're still doing a lot. Yeah, I was thinking well, when we started to talk about it. I said, what I'd really love to do is to rent a yacht in the Mediterranean. Ooh. And you know, and but trying to get everybody together would. Mm. You know, everybody. It's just there's so much, so much conflict. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. Is there something that I would like to do? Um, not sure. I, I think I've, I, I think I'm putting the pieces together. One of the chapters in the book, uh, is entitled, um, 
I have no retirement skills. <laughs> and that's really true. I, I just don't. I, right. I teach I, I teach now. You still teach at Penn. I teach at Penn with, I have the best partner. I've just, we've, we've gone back and forth uh, yesterday. Uh, it's David Eisenhower. And, and if you're interested in trivia, and I'm sure you are, he was um, Ike's favorite grandson. <laughs> and that's the reason it's called Camp David. It used to be mm. Shangri-La, and oh, he wow. changed the name from Shangri-La to Camp David because of David Eisenhower. Wow. And David is just the most wonderful. He's he's married to Julie Nixon Eisenhower, and they're, they're just lovely, lovely people. And we, David and I, teach a class every four years, and we take, it's through Annenberg, and we take the class to both conventions. Mm, so it's, interesting. Can you imagine wow. being, it was, it's so much fun. And we've been doing it since 2000. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so some of these kids are play, you know, are working in places we'd like to work in. Yeah. But <clears throat> incredible. But this, the, of course, the, the last one, we, because of COVID, right. we couldn't take right. it. Right, right, right. So right. We've, we're teaching the class now kind of in the first 100 days. That's, that's the okay. class. So, so I've just completed that. I mean, your whole, your... Your whole life, you're still in the political arena, which is kind of, kind yeah. of. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, but the political arena is just so. It's oh, one of our I trainers, to by the way, is Valerie Biden Owens, is Joe's sister. Ah, so she's been one of our trainers, and she's amazing for Women's Campaign International. Correct, right? Which you and I are going to talk about. And I'm yeah, excited. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, and you walked your son down the aisle as he was marrying Chelsea. I do. I mean, your family. I. I I would like to be a fly on the wall at Hanukkah Christmas dinner. Well, that's that. That's, <laughs> I just invited myself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Vu who stood at you know at the toast. I mean, he and Andrew, the youngest kid, who's adorable, both of them toasted. You know, and Vu came over to me afterwards. Can you imagine? You know, as a, as a right refugee. here he was surviving on a boat, and now yeah, at, and how, now he's one he's one of Mark's best men. He had two yeah. best men, Vu and Andrew. Yeah, really, and a family member now of a president of the United States of America. I mean, oh, right. This is the only like America is. I know how bizarre happen. was that. I, I mean, Vu was three and a half years older than Mark, but they always roomed together. They always went to camp together. They, yeah. It's just it's so sweet. I mean, they yeah, it's, and. And, and as as good a kid as Mark is, Vu's the one who really made it work. I mean, he just hmm. didn't, you know, we would be on a vacation, and I'd say, what do you guys want to do? And Vu would say, anything you guys want to do. I Aww. mean, just one of those, two, he's just an easy. Is he local now? He's, he's in Manasquan. He's in Manasquan. New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear some of your kids are close. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, I they love are. it. All right. Obviously, Marjorie, I can talk to you forever, and I plan on talking to you forever, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> But at the end of all my podcasts with guests, I like to do this little thing called a purpose power play round. And this is when I ask you any sort of random question, whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind is the correct answer. Does that sound good? Okay. <laughs> all right. When you were a little girl, yeah. what did you want to be? Um, interestingly, my mom would t- told me that I would say to her I, that there were two things that I wanted. I do not remember the first. I do remember the second. The first was, she said, I, I always would say, I, I, I want to somehow make a difference. Mm. And the second one was- You don't I, hear that from little- that I, I know. Like when you were a little girl, you said you wanted to make yeah, a difference. Yeah, I wanted to make a difference, which was, my, my mom said that to me, you know, may have been in, it, she may have been extrapolating for something. But the second thing I said was that I wanted to run away and join the circus. 
And fabulous. I always say when I went to Congress, I got a chance <laughs> to do both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did. I always, did. I, I, I tried out for the, I mean, I was a, an athlete. I tried out for the Olympics and I, and I, uh, I was South Atlantic women's bar jumping champion for crying out loud. I think your next book should be called nine lives. No, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was interesting. Cause I was, I was very much, I wanted, I didn't get to the Olympics, but I wanted to go. And when the Olympics were in Mexico, I asked my desk if I could go that I speak some Spanish. Um, I taught Spanish, actually. And you um, spoke it to my son just now. I know. Because his know. sitters, Maria, I love you. Maria speaks to him in Spanish. <laughs> but um, I said, can I go? I can pick up a crew. Don't worry about it. Because it was way before they were going nuts. So I did. I covered the Olympics in, 19, in 1968 when the, you know, when the hands oh were raised. Um, but yes. So I, I, have, I have done quite a few. I, not nine lives, but, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. You're right. Like 25 lives, <laughs> but all in one life. And this is why I actually did the intro the way that I did. I know that I, you said I was exhausting you, but maybe not at the same time, but you really, you strike me, Marjorie, as a woman who, even if you've had like fears and doubts and all that, because we all do, you still followed your inner pa passion. Yeah, you I, still followed but, purpose. You but still. I, I've got to say, you know, I, I want to set up, send up a flare. Sometimes it worked, and sometimes it really didn't. Of work. course, yes. Yeah, but I mean, it really, you know, I'm thinking, oh my god, why did I get myself into this thing? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. And I love your advice that we. What did you? We're going to fail. Yeah. You, well, you can't win if you're not prepared yeah. to lose. Yeah. If you're not prepared to get on the field. Yeah. That sounds kind of corny, yeah. but if you're not, if you're not prepared to to compete then uh, then you'll never figure it out. But sometimes, I mean, really, sometimes it is, um, it's one of those things, that, which is so interesting to me that, that Trump is not willing to say that he lost. Mm. I mean, you've got to, nobody right. wants to lose. No one wants to lose, but, but to, we all do. Yeah, you know, and, and to be that divisive and no. that ungrateful for being an, an American and, it just, and oh being my a goodness. president for four years. And yeah, and screwing it up. And then teaching children that it's not okay to lose, right? There's enough of that already with yeah. everybody getting an award, yeah. but we have to learn that it's okay. Yeah. This was a huge thing for me. I was so afraid of failure because I always wanted to be like the perfect child and perfect A's yeah, and right. perfect blah, exactly. blah, blah, right? And so like I was terrified of failure and I, I've had to just like adopt it as my middle name. If I'm going to do the things that I want to do in the world, I'm going to fail right. and I do all the time, yeah. right? And it's like, okay. I, I go to walk it off. Walk it off. I love that. I love that. So what about, okay, we know your books and I, everyone, I'm telling you, I devoured this book and she's got four others. So I'll have to get those, but I devoured and how are the children in a few hours? I've got more pages to go, but I got through most of it in a three hour flight. What's a book written by somebody else that you just think everyone needs to read in order to shift our perspective or in order to kind of live our lives? Um, I mean, I like some of the, the classics, but I really do like both Hillary and Bill wrote some fascinating books mm. and it tells a bit about them because they're in them. Mm. And um, so the, the latest books by both of them, I, I really do like. But I go back to... Um, Kierkegaard and some of the some of the classics. I spend so much time now, of course, 
reading, bringing my, my syllabus up to date. <laughs> so I'm, <clears throat> you know, I, I love Deborah Tannen. Um, mm. You should have her on. Mm. She's the best. I'd love to have her on. Yes. She is. She's so one of her, you know, um, she does a lot of communications books. Mm-hmm. She's terrific, you know, mm. and, and um, one of them is you're going to say that. You know? <laughs> you're gonna, um, uh, as her mother would say, what else? I, and anyway, I can go on and on. Yeah, no, yeah. those 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 are, are great. Did you, by the way, did you set up your children since you were in politics and with Hillary and Bill? Oh, gosh, no. They didn't meet you through you. They did. They did. That's what, they you did didn't set them up, but you didn't. But no, yeah, no, no. I, we, um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Renaissance Weekend. Mm, of course. Um, I was invited because I had a very controversial vote. And someone called and said, you know, her race looks pathetic. Invite her to Renaissance. Because at the time, Hillary and Bill went. But all, all especially Democratic members, de- Democrat, mm-hmm. you know, members of the Democratic Party. Everybody wanted to go because they were going to be there. And they couldn't, and I, I didn't ask. Mm. But they called and they said, would you like to bring your family to Renaissance? This is in 1993. And I said, sure, I brought nine of the kids. And that's when Mark and Chelsea met. Oh, wow. And, and, they, and they just, they, they weren't dating or anything. He was 15, she was 13. And they, they were just best friends forever. Mm. Mm. And both of them went to the same college. And both of them went to, both of them went to Oxford, but a year apart. And, so, and they just be. They, they just were best friends forever, and, the, and then they started to date. Oh, and that's I how they met, that. though. But in answer to your question, yes, it was because I was in Congress. Yeah, but it wasn't, but oh, I let's get these two together. Right, and Nothing like that at all. Okay, so like funniest, <clears throat> oddest thing that happens at the family holiday when we've got the Clintons and all of your 21 grandchildren. Besides Andrew's peeing in the plants. Well, I mean, now. <laughs> Besides that, what's the modern day... I could tell Crazy you, thing that happens. Um, Vu's oldest child, when he was 10 years old, um, read Clinton's book with Patterson, 500-page book. Wow. And he's just a lovely, just a, an adorable kid. And he went, walked over to Bill and said, can I ask you some questions? And he, uh, Clinton is just a doll. Mm. He sat down with Sebastian, the kid's name, and Sebastian asked all these questions, totally adorable. And, uh, and then Bill came over to me afterwards, and he went, I, I've, I've rarely seen him lose it here, but he said, this is what refugees are all about. Mm. This is what it's all about. I can't believe it was, it was at the time when Trump was in the White House. I can't believe that they're ragging on these. I mean, <sighs> he, I had never seen him react that way, but there was, was such passion. Right, he was like impassioned. He yeah, was, I mean, this is what it's all about. Look at this kid, he's 10 right. years old, he read this 500-page book. I mean, anyway, yeah. Yes. I want everyone to hear that story. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing if people listen to me, then they probably lean as I do, but it's like, yeah. hello world, we need to see. The, I know it. There's so just, much potential in these kids, and they become yeah. our leaders, and every kid, they're not taking away yeah, a spot yeah, yeah, from yeah. your kid. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I could go on and on. All right, my last question for you, Mark. Yes. What is one thing you want every woman to know? Um, golly, Day, that's such an interesting question. First of all, I want everyone who's listening to go to Women's Campaign International's website mm. because there we share the kinds of things from women all over the world. Basically, it's you can do it. Mm. Um, and, and you are the heart of this community. Mm. And when uh, earlier we talked about the fact that we 
all kind of marginalize what we say by saying, ah, perhaps this isn't the right time to say it. And, and I think we have to stop doing that. But who knows? I mean, it's, we've been acclimatized. But so, so I want women to make sure when they have families that when they're sitting around the dinner table, whether it's a girl or a boy, the same vibration is sent out. And that is, don't think that, I say this a bit, and because especially women in my age group were brought up to think that do it, go to college, find your husband, have the kid, do become a nurse or a teacher or something that's safe. Yeah. Um, and I, I say... That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with staying home and raising your kids. Nothing. Absolutely. But you can do, you know, you can do other. You, do it if that's what's in your heart. Right. If that, if that's what, that's but, what lights but you up. Also, yeah. don't be afraid yes. to, to go out and, and find the right people who will help you. I mean, in our household, truly, I had a friend who always said to her kids, look, if you have problems, just go and visit. They'll never notice you. <laughs> Just, you know, just come sit. Just go sit on the couch and you'll blend in. Yeah, just, and, or, or, or it's fine. Yeah. But, and there are different, um, you know, there are different crazy things that happen in all these families and just walk it off, which yeah. is one of the things that, mm, that we always, we always figured out. But some of, some of the things that did happen to us were a lot, a lot extreme. And I think you have to be a little bit more careful than we were, honestly. Mm, mm, yeah, especially with everything going on now. Yeah. Tell us, and I know we're at the end, but I still need to hear it. Tell us all a little bit more about Women's Campaign International and what it is. Women's Campaign International, when, well, I was the head of our delegation for the Beijing conference. And when we came back, we went to the White House and Hillary said, we've got to get more women to the table. So I, cre- I started, it started at Annenberg, actually, Women's Campaign International. Which, for those of you who don't know, since we're sitting in Philadelphia, Annenberg is the communications college at, at the University, University of Pennsylvania, yeah, where yeah, yeah. we both went, and yeah, there we go. And Kathleen Hall Jameson was there, and she said, you know, that's a great idea. Why don't we just, why don't we create a course? And they gave us our first funding, and we've been in 50 different countries, and we, we do a lot of listening. So we, and it's been really challenging because of COVID. But <clears throat> we work with women and we figure out how we can help. Sometimes we're working with women farmers. In Malawi, we doubled the number of women in parliament. And mm. I just heard yesterday, I just heard from Kalista Chamumbu Wamutarika, whom we got, we got her elected, fabulous character, got her elected. She then was asked to be on the president's cabinet and married him. So, <laughs> so honestly, Calista, Calista Chimumbu wa Mutarika. Oh my gosh. That, that's uh, Mutarika was, Bingu Mutarika was the, was the president then. And um, so we had a first lady. So what do we, we started through Rockefeller, we started a first ladies initiative. Mm. So we got the first ladies in Africa together to do, you know, to do some, all humanitarian stuff. In Liberia, we we went there on a DOD, a D- Department of Defense grant, mm-hmm. and they 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 really liked us. Our argument was, Jack Martha was head of of appropriations at the time, military appropriations. Our argument was, get women to the table when we're negotiating peace, and he he said that's great. So he gave us a grant, and they liked us in Liberia a lot. And the head of USAID then, her name is Pam White. I 
still talk to her. She became our ambassador to, to, to the Gambia and then Haiti. Really liked what we did. We went into every nook and cranny of Liberia, mm. and we did mostly, I would say, 80% of what we did was communications. I mean, how you get your point across, what does it mean, how you make sure. And, and they, they, just, they kept us there, and then Ebola hit. And we were on the ground. Ebola is a disease of communications. Mm. It's an informational disease. And our women, if you read anything about it, our women were there to talk, for instance. If you had Ebola, you were rejected by the community. You shouldn't have been. You were no longer, you were no longer a danger. Mm. You know, use, stop the ritual cleansing, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. But we were there to share that. Mm. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Yeah. But that's what WCI He's, does. We just... And we're doing it every day. We're, we had a program in uh, in Afghanistan at Kabul, and we got, we were getting our team out. It's really awful. If you want to do something that would make a huge difference, go to Women's Campaign International and say, "I would like to make sure that the women, our women, who work like crazy, who can't get out, who are starving. I mean, these are professors and doctors, and they're starving because the Taliban's being so. If you want to do something that's meaningful, go and contribute at any level, mm. and we will get those funds into the families that are starving. Oh. That's what we're doing every 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 um, every month, every day, every every week. Well, I'm <clears> going <throat> to make a decision right now. Yeah. So the Women's Day event that I do, people don't pay; it's free to attend, but they can buy the recordings. Ah. And then I donate the proceeds from the recordings to a nonprofit. And I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to donate those to Women's oh, Children. That would be, uh, oh, that would be amazing. I, That's perfect. And what I'm going to do, if it's okay with you, is I'm going to put you in touch with the person who does our our site, and we'll put you on that. Yeah. So, love it. so that, you know, we can- Because we want to invite every woman around yeah. the world. This event, it's 12 hours of live content from best-selling authors. I will have you come back on. We can make a, you know, a thing of it. At, and I just want to do this. I do this. Be great. I do this event out of the, my heart, right? I don't make money on it. It's just like I want right. well, every woman to get great. the empowerment to know that's she right. can have a seat at the table. She can live <laughs> her dreams. She can. Yeah. She can make a difference. She can live her purpose. She can be in leadership. She can feel sensual. There's a sensuality panel. panel yeah. Because I want women to know that they can love their bodies. So all of it. All right, Marjorie, you're incredible. So are you. I love you. You out there who are listening, she's adorable. <laughs> you should see her, and she really is so beautiful. I mean, yeah, but and the body she has after having that baby is just unfair, don't you think? <laughs> you can't see. I it. love. I, I'm just gonna say I received. I'm, I'm totally. You know what? I am rocking it. I'm not gonna lie. Like okay. I teach all my women to brag and to celebrate themselves. So I am celebrating. It's Great. true. Great. All right, Marjorie. It's a pleasure. It's and a now that Everyone, we go live- buy her book. And you're going to hear more from her at the Women's Day event. I'm going to nab her for a time. So and we can Howard talk about the Children is the title. Yes. And, but, and we're going to get together again, don't you think? Oh, I, you, Josh, you have such good taste in husbands. <laughs> well, you didn't meet my first one, but my second. No, he was great, too. He was great, too. Nothing wrong with him. But yes, <laughs> we will get together. I already adore you. Everyone, go buy and Howard the Children. And you're going to hear from Marjorie again. With that, if you love this episode, and we hope that you did, go to Apple Podcasts podcast or wherever you listen, leave your five-star review. Your reviews are how I get yes, like Marjorie. Okay. That is also how women all over the world find us and how you make us a top rated podcast. 
And share this podcast with everyone you know. She's so freaking interesting. So send this to your mother, send it to your sisters, send it to your daughters. Like, let's share this inspiring information everywhere. That is how we change the world one woman at a time. Of course, go on over, follow me on the socials at Karen Rockind and join the Purpose Girls Facebook group if you haven't. What are you waiting for? We are 4,500 women strong, all about living our dreams and going for it like Marjorie does. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.